Welcome to the Front Porch Theology Podcast. I'm Heather, your host, and I'm here with... Jeremy. And Will. Hey guys, how are you doing? Doing great. So... Not worried about the end of the world at all. Not at all. Jeremy? <sighs> you are? You got some concerns? Like the beast just showed well, <laughs> No, I mean, I'm, I am... I am... I'm almost... I'm almost a year older. Well, not... I'm well, almost... I'm, You're almost, almost a year older? It's almost my birthday. When's your birthday? <sighs> It was yesterday. Could you get your nose off the microphone? It's distracting me. <laughs> it's I like to nuzzle it, okay? Do you remember the one time you were sick Wednesday. and you snotted on the microphone? I do. Sorry. It looked so your birthday was just... No, it wasn't. No, it was wasn't. Wednesday. It's Wednesday. This coming Wednesday yeah. in two days? Which this podcast comes out on Friday. Yeah, so, so it'll be after By the time it's released, okay. two days ago. That's yeah. true. That's true. Well, happy early birthday. Yeah. For our listeners, happy birthday. You wouldn't have remembered if I... I remembered your birthday. I always remember your birthday. Ask him what he's got me for my birthday. What'd you get him for his birthday? Get I'm not going to tell you. It's no, not no, your in birthday the past, yet. In that the past. What have you, what gotten, have you gotten him? I, there's no need to dwell on What did past. I get you? I, nothing. You don't even remember what I got you. This, no, he It's doesn't. like a double insult. You don't remember what I got you, and you've gotten me nothing, because I remember. But I anyways. got you uh, Polo de Julio at uh, Me Pueblo. And it made me today. pay $32 for it. No. I, char- he, he would com- I gave him $16 for a $10 meal. Then he complained. Even, like, and then so I gave him another sixteen dollars. Anyways, it was I don't let's just on my on my birthday week. I'm just pointing that out. It's my birthday oh, week. Oh man. You know. Whatever. Whatever. Mm. What do you expect? So, you know, um this week's I'm just gonna pretend like we didn't even talk about it. Um I'm just gonna skip right over your birthday talk. Um this week's <laughs> That's uh, probably That's what most people do. They That's just all forget you about do. my birthday. This week's podcast topic is eschatology. Um uh, so yeah. we'll preach a sermon yesterday on Mark thirteen and uh we were talking about the end times. So do you know what the most submitted question was? Are you going to tell us, or is it like to me? I'm, look, to, I'm talking to you. Oh, looking okay. At she was okay. asking you. Uh, no, I haven't looked at any of the questions. It was, was um, how people were so offended that Will has just now watched Star Wars. Yeah. Well. Okay. So here's here's the thing. I actually th- thought about this on the way up. Um, when I first met Will, he's like, "Man, you got to get the Twitter and you got to get the Facebook." And I'm like, "Why do I have to get these things? Like, you got to stay relevant, Jeremy." But stay relevant is what he says. He's all about staying relevant. Yeah. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's never seen the most po- like he and until now he had never seen the most popular franchise ever, and so th- this is all I can all I can think of. If I said, "Well, why is that re- relevant?" He would say, "What? It's only relevant for the nerds." Yeah, yeah that's exactly what I would sure say. The nerds don't need Jesus, and that's what I think, you know. And I don't even think that's true because it has nothing to do with Jesus. Don't bring Jesus. But into then that's this. relevancy. Is I'm supposed to say relevant so I can get the gospel to people who need it, so I can be relevant, and start up conversations. Well, no. That's never what it was about. <laughs> okay. But so William has I don't I don't feel like I can share the gospel better because I've seen Star Wars. No, but it's Star a common, Wars you, it's off. a you, common ground. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You brought up <gasps> Star Wars in the sermon. Uh-huh. I did. Yeah. You did? Yes, you, you did. You talked about how I thought it was a good sermon uh, illustration. Anakin and Darth Vader, there's a lot of sermon Preach points it, in there. Well, they, I mean you I mean <laughs> Stop it, Jeremy. Just the way you're looking at me <laughs> making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Rubbing my belly. Yeah, stop it. Stop <laughs> it now. Um, no, we did have um, some que- So we had some really good questions come in. Um, uh, some from people that uh, gr- I actually got a notification earlier from GroupMe. And um, so that is how you all send me the questions that are submitted on the for the podcast. And GroupMe sent me a notification earlier saying that we would no longer be receiving um, 
questions from Ruben Steuben or one Randall <laughs> Ellis. So oh, um, yeah. just to let the listening audience Does Randy know. send in a lot of questions? Randall and I are on bad terms right oh. now. Oh, no. He's you can moved, tell by calling him Randall. Randall has moved to the top of the list recently. Uh-oh. And um, I I would I, I don't wish him ill, but if his fingers didn't work for a few days to where he couldn't send text messages oh, and videos gosh. to my husband, yeah, I wouldn't be sad about it. Does Jason text him back? Jason watches whatever he sends and giggles nonstop for twenty minutes and like almost hyperventilates from laughing. <laughs> and he disturbs the children in my home by doing that. And one wants Randall to, has never sent me a video. Well, you know what? Maybe you should ask Randall to send you a Randall, video. Randall, this is a request. Send me your videos. Send him. I would so like sometimes, to sometimes Amanda will look at me and I'll be on my phone and she'll be like, who, she knows. who are you she, laughing at? Yeah. yeah. Wait, she like, knows. Randall sends you videos? Yeah, he sends me all kinds like, of stuff. I know, he sends I don't Baker's even, videos? What, what's going on here? Well, so I sent Randall. So, you know, I said. You probably don't have his correct number. That's true. He texted my husband today and he was like, tell Heather I submitted some questions for the podcast. So, Randall. His questions were rejected from the podcast Ouch. today. Oh. Um, Ruben Steubens, rejected. Um, so we're going to start. Off. We we've did, we've we did. got some pseudonym <laughs> question askers. <laughs> so we did have a few people. You know, Maddox Berry was highly offended that you had never watched Star Wars, as were a lot of people. Yeah, and Maddox spoiled yeah. apparently the ending that I still haven't confused seen. confused a lot of people yesterday bringing Star Wars up all together. So. I know. They're, I, I they, could they're tell. like, this dude plagiarized the servant. I could tell people were like, like, I saw like the eyes just. Yeah. Blazing over. I watched the movie with hey, the me and Michael Esslinger were in the back. Like we finally get this. Yes, yes the gospel <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. No, the reason it makes sense is because Star Wars ripped off the Bible. It's true. Like the chosen right. one, born of a virgin. Come on. Let's rein it in. May the force be with right, you so and also with you. We're not it's doing true. any questions about Star Wars. If you have uh, Reuben, if you would like to take your pastor out for uh, all expenses paid on you at lunch, your pastor will answer Somebody any wanted questions. me to rank them. I'm still working on my ranking. That's Reuben, and I don't have no time Reuben, for that. You and Reuben do that on your own. Time. Reuben, I think seven's the best so Stop far. Stop that. That's all so I'm going to say. We did have one question come in called, Can You Lose Or it called, and it was the question called. was, uh, Can You Lose Your Salvation? And our most. No. Uh, our last, okay, our very last lose stop it. talking. You cannot lose your salvation. The very last podcast that we did was actually on losing your religion. We talk, Will you stop recording me? I'm not recording stop. you. Stop. I'm not recording you. <laughs> What's your problem? You. I'm not, you're literally on you're, a recording yeah, right now. You're being recorded. Yeah. Why are you so I, mad? You. Okay. You're going to have to edit all of this, okay? No, you're you're fine. Um, we did a podcast. So on we this. did do a podcast. Um, the most recent one was about salvation and religion, and we actually covered this. So short we, answer is no. You no, can't you lose your salvation, and we also sang a lot on that. Episode. We did. It was really good. I went back and listened to that episode. I did not. It was so. I mean, I laughed the whole time. It was a really great music. Well. One. Whoever asked that question, com- go check that out. Also had comments from friends saying that you all were losers because you didn't know who Lauren Daigle was. So I know who Lauren uh, Dingle is. She's oh, gee, don't no, don't do that. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get right into it. Okay, so um, you all make my blood pressure go up. Um, so the, here's our first question. Okay, okay. Uh, how does cov- covenant and reformed theology impact my eschatology? I think it actually impacts it, uh, as the great philosopher uh, Trump said, bigly. Um, <laughs> I didn't know where he's going with that. Oh so, so this is why it affects it bigly. Uh, you have uh, so covenant 
so the covenant dispensationalism uh, says that there is the church, the people of God, right? Um, these people are always people of the faith. So when, when Abraham was promised a bunch of descendants, he says, look at the stars. These this can be like the, your descendants. Many, 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 many. Um, there is a... Uh, Paul later says what Abra- what God is telling Abraham, it's not just people born Jewish, but it's the people of the promise, the people of the faith that are going to be your descendants. Now, if you're a covenant, I, I think that that's what you would hold to uh, and that that's how you would read it. Can you like very briefly define covenant theology and dispensational theology yeah, yeah, for yeah. our listeners that might so not be they, familiar? Th- so, so this is going to feel like semantics, but but that there's always that God has always worked in covenants with His people. Okay, so there hasn't been two distinct people. There's always been His people. So there wasn't Jewish and then uh, not His people. There were the, God revealed Himself first to the Jews, but His people have always been the people who've trusted Him, and later that became the Gentiles who were adopted into that family. Dispensationalism is that God worked. You might be able to explain this better, uh, but worked differently at different times amongst the Jews and then later with the Gentiles. The, the, the God two groups yeah, of just governs in different ways throughout yeah. time. And yeah. so there's different dispensations or ways of governance as God progressively goes through history. So, um, yeah, that's a, a over overview of those two things. But yeah. cards on the table, like Jeremy and I would hold to a covenantal view yeah. of Scripture. Um, and so there, there are people in our church who are dispensational. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that's a... That's a valid view. I understand where where they get it from. It's just not what what we agree with or well, hold to. So so what? And there's a lot of different variances of dispensationalism. There lots is lots of different. So there's some heretical st- types of dispensationalism that would say there's two different modes of salvation for the Jews and then one for the Gentiles. Um, I think it's borderline heretical, but that may be a strong term that says that Jews are going to be inherit the earth. And uh, Gentiles will be in heaven and in, in, in mm-hmm. eternity. There's going to be they're going to be segregated. Um, but the big difference or the, the big consequence to it is dispensationalists say that there is two different groups of people, uh, and then the Jews are always special to God, and then the covenant would say the people that God the people that are truly His people, true Israel, is the church, which is always those who love Him. The reason this matters comes down to the rapture. Uh, it's because if you read that, God is going to take up his people. Um, typically dispensationalists, right? I would say typically, almost I think always, uh, have a futurist view of when the end times are going to come. So the things, that, whether it's the mark of the beast or whether it's the Antichrist, it's always futurist. And when he's, they say he's going to take up his people, um, they, they have to because of their doctrine, have to segregate between the Jews and the Gentiles. He's taking up the Gentiles, and later there's 144,000, which are the Jews, and so they, they have to segregate these people in their in their eschatology. Whereas the covenant theology says, no, there's just one people of God. And so there is no need for a separation for Jews and Gentiles. Right, and so the the issue of, so Reformed theology, which is what the question's about, um, Reformed theology is a reference to um, the reformers of the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century, 17th century, um, and none of them were dispensational. And so dispensationalism didn't even rise until the, the 19th century. Um, and so uh, back into church history, um, there, there's no dispensationalism, which I think is a strong case uh, for covenant theology. 
Um, because it's like, I'm always a little concerned when someone's like, I just came up with something brand new that no one else had like thought of before. But um, to embrace a reform theology is is to understand that um, this is the ancient view. This is the, the view of the church fathers. This is the view of the reformers. And so you're embracing something that has like a little bit of historical backing to it, a little more historical backing. Um, but scripturally, like that, that carries weight, but then scripturally it's different. So like, the Bible speaks for itself. The Bible is what we interpret everything through. And so um, so to answer the question as, as clearly as possible, like a Reformed view does impact it, but I don't think it should distract us from just using the Bible to come up with our eschatology, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I don't think you have to be covenantal just because the Reformers were, but I think it does bring some credibility to the view. Yeah, so it— it's it's really interesting because a reformed position has a lot of I mean there's a lot of different views of eschatology within the reformed world. Yeah, yeah. So like, and well, so like um, you take a guy like John MacArthur. Yeah. Uh, which is Heather's one of Heather's favorite pastors and, and speakers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She has a tattoo. <laughs> I think of him. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It's it's his face and it says Johnny Mac over it <laughs> with the sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, got sunglasses. Um, but so he is a he's a well known um, pastor who is reformed in his soteriology. So he would agree to, like he would agree with the five points of Calvinism that God is sovereign and and saving people, but he's also dispensational. Yeah. Um, and so he would be um, he would be in that camp. Uh, but by far, more reformed people are more covenantal in their theology. Yeah, it's really it's I think it's really rare to have covenant and be dispensational. Why do you think that is? Um, I think it probably has to do, I, man, I don't know. I mean, I, my, my first thought is hermeneutics, like it, it, how someone reads scripture. Um, but that's... Because if you have a high view of God's sovereignty, you see God working his plan out throughout all of time. Right. Whereas a lower view of God's sovereignty seems, seems conducive to God changing methods of salvation and, and so forth. Right. Through right. different dispensations. Well, and I think Reformed doctrine has... The idea of God predestined before the foundations of the world, mm-hmm. this type of elect, you know, th- this high view of election versus, I mean, in most cases, dispensationalism. Almost, I mean, al- almost, I mean, at its core. Now, again, there's a lot of variations of dispensationalism, but the idea, hey, the Jews denied, uh, and so God had a backup plan that was right. the Gentiles. Right. So even then, this is outside of God's sovereign control. He's kind of playing it by ear. I know every dispensationalist would look at that and say that's not exactly. I think they're not being consistent, right? So, um, just a quick resource before we move on to the next question. There's a, a book that's actually on our bookshelf um, in the church building. Uh, we can get more copies if you're interested, but um, but you can find it online. It's called Progressive Covenantalism, um, which if you're someone who's traditionally been dispensational, which is kind of the camp I grew up in. Um, you know, reading the left behind books and things like that. Um, and then my view changed. Uh, that book was super helpful for me to understand a covenantal view um, coming from a dispensational background. So I'd highly recommend that book. It's going to challenge you to think through some of those things. Um, Stephen Wellham, I think, is one of the general editors on that, but it's called Progressive Co- Covenantalism. So you can check out that resource if you're wanting to nerd out on some of this. So our next question, um, and a part part it was Jeremy had uh, partly touched on this just a few moments ago, but the question is, if the rapture is not in Scripture, where did it come from, and what is the purpose of the rapture? All right, so let me play devil's advocate. The oh. devil needs no advocate. Okay, though. so let let me say this: that there, uh, I'll be dispensationalist Dan, 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna try Good to Lord. prove to you. I'll be covenantal will. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try <laughs> to uh, um I'm gonna I'm gonna try to say that there is. So you have First Thessalonians four, right? Fifteen and sixteen. Okay. All right, you're not gonna. This isn't gonna confuse people, right? No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm okay. what I'm trying to do is trying to what I mean by devil's advocate. Because there's been people that have gotten mad at me before. Because the devil doesn't need an advocate. Right. So I am I am going to give the argument of the rapture folk. Okay, those who hold to the rapture. Okay. Rapture okay. folk. Um, that sounds like a band. <laughs> rapture folk. <laughs> rapture folk. <laughs> sounds like a genre of music. It's a dance. All right. So <laughs> it's one where you jump really high. Um, so, okay, so here, here, here it is. Okay, so First Thessalonians 4 says that we're going to be caught up in the air. We mm-hmm. and in Mark thirteen, right? We it's called that. Our, that said, our days will be cut short. Um, our days are going to be cut short from the tribulation. There's going to be this. There's going to be this catching up in the air. He's going to come like a thief in the night, um, and so no one's going to see it coming. I'm going to be caught up in the air, and my days of the tribulation will be cut short. Meaning that he's that he's going to come back and receive and, and take his take the church out. So I mean that's that's pretty clear. So okay, so I think that's usually. I mean, I know there's much more to the argument. Like if you're if you're a rapture guy, I know you're probably like, no, oh, there's more. Um, but that those are usually the go-to texts. Yeah, and that is, um, I think around here, that is the dominant view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the more popular view because I always get a little bit of like shock when when I tell people in our church or even people oh, yeah. outside of our church that I don't believe in the rapture, and they're like, yeah. what? So I okay, so I was when I was teaching a Bible class. Uh, I, I told them, I was explaining how hermeneutics work, and one of the things I used was was the rapture. And I said, look, for example, I I read scripture this way, so therefore I don't hold to a rapture. Well, I, I, it was like now one did, line. You didn't grow up hearing about a rapture, did no, you? No. So I did. So that... Yeah, so so I so when uh, I got a phone call from the principal, and, and the it went like this. It went, uh, hey, there's some concerns for some reason. Like parents, you don't believe in a rapture. I don't know why they would think that. Of course but, you do, but right? But could you Mr. could you Barry? help me understand why they think this? Yeah. And simply my reply was, they're not wrong. I don't believe in that. And so I had to explain to make sure that I wasn't a heretic. Even though it's funny, it's not just church history, people. This is not a view in church history. This isn't the predominant view even in Orthodox Christianity today, outside of like the West, right? Specifically, yeah. America. right? Yeah. Um. So I'm curious, Heather. Did you grow up hearing about the rapture? Yes. You believed in the rapture. Yeah. Or so you do believe in the rapture? No, I don't. Uh, okay. But I did. I you know read all the Left Behind series. Yeah, yeah. You know I was singing with them in the movies. People get ready. Jesus yeah. is coming. Yeah, it's a great song actually. But well, Jesus is um, coming. Yeah. Jesus is. Yes, yeah. yeah. that, that was like. And people song. should be ready. Um, no, so yeah. you know we. And talk- Nicholas Cage is great. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, we've talked about it before. Um, you know we uh, when. When Revelation, you know, mostly Revelation, when Revelation was taught, it was to talk about end times and stuff um, and what to expect. And it, they did talk about the rapture, but it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of good scripture to back up any of it. It was yeah. just something that was told and believed um, throughout the church. Yeah. So when I was first uh, planting New Heights, um, I was challenged by a mentor of mine. Uh, to defend my position of dispensationalism and the rapture. Um, and I set out to do that, and I couldn't do it. And so uh, the, the the idea of the rapture, first of all, the word rapture isn't in Scripture. It, it comes from a word that means caught up. And so being caught up is referenced in Scripture. Um, but the issue of it, so so technically speaking, I do believe there is a rapture. 
and by that I mean I do believe that we are going to be caught up in the air. You can't deny that. The Bible says that. But I don't think there's this like secret snatching away like like in the Left Behind movies, like aren't there clothes left behind? Yeah, clothes, and, vehicles are wrecked. Yeah, I right. Mean, just... So, so I, I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. And, and I was challenged at the time that I did believe that. Um, I believed it because I was taught it growing up, and I was challenged to defend that view. And so I went to the Bible to defend that group, that view. The first place I went to was First Thessalonians 4, what the devil's advocate referenced, uh, which says this. Uh, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. And he says, For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up, there's rapture, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So this is the main passage that's used to defend the rapture. The problem I, I ran into when I was using this to defend the rapture that just didn't add up was in this passage, it is described, this event is described as the coming of the Lord. Yeah. Um, whereas the rapture... Uh, in a dispensational view that happens before a seven year great tribulation is a snatching away, um, where, where Jesus doesn't actually come back. He kind of beams us up out off the earth and then rains down wrath on the earth. Um, and, and so that this is called the coming of the Lord. It says the Lord himself would descend verse 16. And so Jesus is coming down from heaven to mm-hmm. earth. And there's also a trumpet of God, uh, which is, Everywhere else in the Bible, when the second coming is described, it's described as the trumpet of God is going to sound. So I think what is described in 1 Thessalonians 4, and also in Mark 13, Devil's Advocate, is um, the second coming, not this like pre-tribulational rapture. Yeah, so it's really it's really interesting, because like, when you read about this event in, in, in Revelation, and I think in other places of Scripture, it, it it's almost the, like when you read about the second coming— uh, it, it's it's that same idea, right? There's this trumpet blown. There's this gathering, the the elect from the from the four corners of the world. There is this um, there's this phraseology that's so similar to First Thessalonians First Thessalonians four. And I, I remember reading it and thinking. Um, in, in fact, actually, when I was when I was an elder candidate, it was when I had you know had to write a paper on mm-hmm. eschatology, right? And um, and so I'm I'm tr- I'm trying to like okay this was an area that I wasn't that familiar with, and so studying I'm, I'm I'm lining up these passages I'm like man these seem like it's the same event but this one's clear everyone's clear, uh, dispensationalists and covenant alike that this is the second coming but they all sound exact like it's the same event mm-hmm. but also in Mark 13 when he's describing everything like I I, I don't get the sense or or you know uh, that there's a um, it seems like there is one coming right that he is going to come. And that's when things, you know, things are going to unfold. Right. Um, and so it, he never seems to really. He goes in some great detail and in, in description and explanation, but like rapture, it's like the rapture concept is very hidden and tucked away to where you have to kind of presume it to be true to find it there. You, you really do. And and um, and Mark thirteen is the the same thing, similar language. So uh, what do we preach on this coming Sunday? Um, Mark thirteen twenty six. Jesus is teaching. He says they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory not 
not just calling, yeah, but not coming. See the saints leaving. Right. So he says they'll see Jesus coming in clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. And so there is a catching up, a a, a calling of saints together in the air. Like I'll fly away is a great hymn. Like we are going to fly away. That is true. Um, but there, it's just not going to happen like this secret. Uh, calling away before Jesus comes, seven years before he comes back. Well, in scripture, um, all the scripture just seems to indicate Jesus is coming back at that time. And scripture has a name for it, right? It's the first resurrection. Yeah. So given the fact you all grew up with this, the, the, the rapture stuff, how, how would they have deciphered between first resurrection and, and rapture? This is where the charts come in. Okay, it, so it, it gets all charty? It's very, okay, we don't have to get it's very that. confusing. So um, I to have, me, it is. I, yeah. So... I don't know that they could actually explain it. If you if yeah. some some of the churches that I grew up in, some yeah, of the I know a lot that could explain it, and they could explain it very well. Yeah, but it's it's lengthy. I, I think yeah. it's I think it's either one or the other. They can't explain it, or it's yeah. like what Will says, like it's like a rabbit trail. Like, well, I, know, I mean, we we knew a no, guy and that it involves numbers, to, that, and right? That would be very passionate and, and say, if you, you know, count this number and the Daniel mm-hmm. and the 77s yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Right. Um, so uh, I, what I'm, what I do want to clarify though, is that this isn't heretical, right? So if you're, if you hold to the, if yeah, if you hold to the rapture, like, and you hear me, especially like, I, I don't mean to be like uh like jokey about it. It's not, it's nothing that's like. I'm, if someone's like, I hold to the rapture, I'm not like, well, I'll be praying for you. It's not like that, you know. What's inter- What's so interesting though is that for for so long, to me, like in my personal experience, that was the only view. Yeah. Like yeah. like the the idea that there was not a rapture was just not even an option for me. Yeah. Um. And so so that's why that's why I kind of want to put some teaching out there on it, just to let let our church know, like this is not the only view. Yeah. If you hold to that view. Um, we're not, like you said, we're not calling you a heretic. No. Um, but, so you, but I do think, you know, scripture, study of scripture is warranted on this You issue. did an amazing job yesterday, I thought. Um, you, and I hope, I hope that people picked up on what the things that you said. And I've even went back and started re-listening to the sermon this morning. Um, you picked up, you said a lot of things like you describing the temple and how he was talking about, um, you know, how the temple was going to be destroyed yes. later on. Mm-hmm. Um, you, and you also said um, that it's very symbolic. So I'm hoping that when people heard yesterday, if they did, if they do have s- some sort of rapture belief, mm-hmm. that that at least got them thinking yeah. about it. Because I think, I mean, I. And I think a lot of times we can sometimes glaze over things, but like I was able to like walk away from that. And I don't believe in the rapture right now, but I was able to walk away with some, you know, like yeah. some things, you know, the wheels in my head turning, you know, just thinking about different things. Um, so, I mean, I don't know how many times like I've heard like that, like the, all of that discourse quoted, yeah, in in such a way that means like the end is is like tomorrow, yeah, or it is so close, and so it's like. Uh, like my pastor growing up used to be like, when you see this in the Middle East, you better get your duds packed, and you know all this yeah. stuff would. Well, you know, and I, th- what you know, du- wait, wait, hold on, I'm sorry. What are duds? Yeah, milk duds. Like what? Yeah, yeah, because when you're getting ready to go to heaven, you want milk duds. <laughs> what, are, what are duds? I don't know what that I means. Thought it was shoes. I don't know. Are there a new shoe out called dud? Duds. I have. I listen. No, I think it means like get your get your bags packed, get your stuff ready. Oh no, we get never heard duds. that in church. I don't know. I have to look up the origin of duds. Get your saddle. Get packed. your duds packed is what, no, what we always said. 
like we're like we're getting ready to go. Yeah, we're getting ready to get beamed out of here. Get things in order. Yeah, but like get beamed but, up. But it's like people quote that and like, yep, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines. But it's like, what does Jesus say? Literally immediately after that. But this is not the end. Like expect this, and it's gonna it's gonna continue to come, and you know. But this is this is not the end. So. And um, okay. Um, so, and I think, you know, you, you saying that, talking about the end times, you know, any time that something happens over in the Middle East, mm-hmm. um, and especially things that are going on right now in the world, you know, um, you have Haiti who's had another earthquake, and then they mm-hmm. had the tropical storm hurricane that's yeah. come through, you know, um, there's just such traumatic things going on sure. um, all at the same time that are kind of mm-hmm. like make, and, and I think this triggers a lot of talk and it gets people thinking. So, I mean, I, you couldn't, I mean, and I know that this was not something that you guys planned. It was, it's just a God thing, honestly. Yeah, right. um, I mean, no perfect time than to have the conversations that we're having right now right. and the sermons that are being This definitely is a preached, time yeah. when you watch current events and, and the news around the world. This is definitely a time where people would look at current events and the news and say, this man, is it. This is the Better end. get ready. Right. Well, I mean, I listened to a podcast the other day coming home from uh, work, and it was um, a pastor, Jenny Allen, partners with an organization that helps, you know, um, with ministry over in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And this uh, guy is called Pastor X to protect his identity so mm-hmm. that he can continue his ministry. Um, yeah. But he was talking about how families, and especially of young women and women in general and children, are running to the hills and running mm-hmm. to the mountains. And, um, you know, I think this is a perfect example a perfect time to have these discussions because um because uh, you don't know until you know i mean you don't know you're wrong until you know better um and i think a lot i think it's uh, like you said i think a lot of us grew up learning hearing this in church Mm -hmm. um and it man it goes back to so many things that we've talked about the last few podcasts how um it's kind of just like an ignorance yeah right um of the church um so it, it's a great time to cover it. And, of course, we could never say, like, Jesus is not coming back right. this yeah. week or next year. Yeah. Um, we don't know when yeah. Jesus is coming back. But, and but here, here's the thing. you It's you, dangerous to, like, obsess over the you, news. You said two things yesterday, and um, I want to say, and I, I know that you guys probably feel the same way. I would say the end times is something that is more argued about. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then it's, like, in the top five. Right. <laughs> Things yeah. that are argued about, and people probably like COVID cut. masks pushed it down a little bit. Yeah, it did but, a little know. bit. Um, Mark of the Beast too, but um, yeah. but this is something that's argued. I mean, Christian, non-Christian, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, this is argued about. And you said two things yesterday. You were talking about um, not to bring, not to make current events, not to drag those back into back into Bible times. Right. You know, we're to bring the gospel, right. um, or not. I, you say say what you said yesterday because I'm botching it terribly. So yeah, we see how Jesus is speaking to his disciples in the first century, and we can't take current events and and place them in first century conversations. Thank you. So wh- one of the issues I think with um, the the obsession of news and then looking and saying oh this must be the end is because literally there are organizations that 
make their living off making you care and know what's happening in every part of the planet. Right, so when you look at the news, why do they show you the earthquake in Haiti? Because they they want you to buy detergent from their from their advertisers. Right, so they have to like that's what they're there to do. I mean, it's true. Like they don't. I mean, I, I could. I'm not gonna get into that. But the the, the fact is, no, they are there to like keep pre tore up about it. No, 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 no. I'm just saying they don't care about what they report on half the time. And they there are some things they report on, some things they don't. They right. they what keeps you glued to the advertisements is why they show what they show. Um, that there's been stuff going around the world. I mean, in in the 70s all over the place and there wasn't the 24-hour news cycle right right and and so th- there is that just how things are relayed in, in the way that media works too that makes people obsess and these are very skilled uh entities that that are made to make you care right it, it is it is in their best interest that you stay glued to your phone to 100%, the, all yeah. that stuff they and make some, money off and of some of them secular and yeah. some of them under the name of christianity Dude, you, uh, exactly, you're, you're yeah. the product right you're the goal is so that you stick on so they can sell your information to other people and so they can you can watch advertisements and so they have to sexualize things centralize things uh and make it seem like this is the end i mean I, I, you, it's so fascinating. So, like, I don't, and I'm not, I'm not getting into the topic of this, but just as an example, I love reading um, what they argued about in like the uh, in, in the 18th century in America, right? Like, what was in the newspapers? It's really interesting. So, one of the big things He's, they, he he lacks hobbies. Like, that's <laughs> just, <laughs> it's a hobby. Um, but, but but when you read about the 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 concerns of immigration and they're going to take your job argument, like you can find that all the way from the beginning of the country. Yeah, and but now, like, you don't have to buy a paper. You turn on a TV and it's constant, right? So, like, I, what I'm saying is some of the same stuff. I mean, was it in, in when uh, uh, when Robert Bob, Robert Kennedy, whatever his name was, went running for president? He was saying that you you wouldn't be able to breathe air. Again, there's this idea the world's going to end because of pollution. My, my point is, is that they always – I'm not – my point is they always the try – The apocalypse sells. It always – yes, this is the end of your life, the end of your country, the end of everything. Watch, you have to stay tuned so you know that – the world's yeah. burning, right? Yeah. It, it it sells. It's always sold and it will continue to sell. The problem is people buy into it and, and push it. Well, and you know, let's let's be honest. The last few years, um, it's been the perfect time to oh, just absolutely. play in. All they have to do is per- put a certain phrase or throw mm-hmm. in a per- certain person's Dude, name. Look at the riots. Um, like I was I watched, or the, whether it's in D.C. or, you know, at the Capitol building or whether it was in the streets of New York. I was glued to it because I'm like, it's a train wreck. Yeah. It's hard to turn your head away yeah. from it. But so it is easy to get sucked into it and just yeah. be overly consuming it, right? Yeah, I um I was I got on Facebook briefly earlier to do something and um like I'd saw somebody share um like they it was a screenshot of a news station saying that uh, China and another country are going to help the Af- you know, yeah and then like they had like this massive paragraph of scripture and sure. all these other things so I mean it's um. Oh, when current events shape your eschatology, that's the problem. It's, well, it's this, so dangerous. I've, I've heard is, lots you, of like assumptions of which country is represented by what in the yeah. Bible, and it's like you cannot know that. Well, Dude. you you know you said it yesterday. Like we are letting current events guide us mm-hmm. in the Word instead of letting the Word guide us. Yeah. Right. Um, like we're taking the things that are happening, and we're trying to find scripture, and that's no different and, than if we take a scripture. And here's and how twist dangerous it, to it is, because a lot of people don't see the danger in it. Here's how dangerous it is. Most cults start this way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You look at you look at like Seventh Day Adventists, Mormonism. Um, it, they're all, they're all centered around a Jehovah's Witness. They're all centered around this idea of like 
I've figured out how to pair revelation with current events, and I know when God's coming back. Well, even think of it. All of this stuff, even then, is centered around Jesus and his return, right? right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's what it's centered around. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you saw the video when it was like there was Kamala Harris and she's giving a speech, and then on the left-hand side, uh, it was this video of like talking about the Antichrist and what the Antichrist would be wearing, <laughs> no. and it was like going back and forth. And But yeah, you're right. It's, it's how cults, and it's how, and it's how uh, you, make a, you make a mockery, I think of scripture and of the gospel and all of it when you represent yourself as someone who's 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 looking who's trying to look for some of the stuff in in mm-hmm. current events and in public figures now then you make a mockery of christianity in yeah, general yeah you look silly because yeah. you look like an idiot you do i mean that's the only not how many how many leaders have been called the antichrist right uh, every one of them right i mean it, the, the party you by don't diff- like by different <laughs> crowds, by right. di- yeah right. i mean whoever's in control that you don't like they become the antichrist which is you know whatever so if a question to kind of wrap into the rapture is is it possible to get saved after the rapture Oh, this is such a <laughs> in our view no, no. because because <laughs> because our view would be that the rapture is the second coming. They are literally one and the same yeah. thing. Show's over. So yeah, show is over. Jesus is coming back, and so his, at his second coming, no one will be saved after his second coming. Now I will give the dispensational answer as well. So if you are a dispensationalist who who believes in a pre-tribulational rapture, so that Jesus is going to secretly call the church out of the earth and then there's going to well, be a seven rapture. Tribulation. It doesn't really matter when it happens in the tribulation, right, really. Yeah. Right. Or yeah, or a mid-trib. Um there are some mid-trib uh, rapture people. Gosh. They believe the rapture happens in the middle of the tribula- the great tribulation at the end of the world. Um so if you hold to a rapture view, um you usually believe that people can be saved during the tribulation. N- not even that, but you would and this isn't just dispensationalist, but even you could come to Christ during his earthly reign, during yes. his millennial yes. kingdom, there's, yes. re- there's even lost people then. Right. I don't. I don't hold to that, but that is that's a that's a that's a view. So like, uh, but yeah, when it comes, so I, I know one of the questions I saw. I mean, that, that where did it come from? The rapture idea. Um, where did this? When did this become popular? Yeah, I know, we I know that, that he. Oh, did we? <laughs> I know we did. I, it was wrapped into the last question. Was, I don't think we ever. Okay, yeah. It was. It, it was. Re- what's What's really fascinating is it stems out of a Zionist movement to make Israel a country. And most of the Zionists, most of the Jews who wanted Israel where it is or were, were uh, non-Orthodox Jews. They were not religious Jews. Most re- religious Jews wanted Israel to be in South America, and there's reasons for it, religious reasons for it. But Which is really interesting. Non-religious Jews pushed for the nation. And this is what makes me a little uncomfortable. This is a whole different – well, it's not whole, totally different. But treating Israel as like a prop in order to usher in Jesus back. Like we, If we can make Israel country – like we – most people don't think that these Jews, I mean, recognize these Jews are not Christians. But if we can get them a country and get them independence, man, then we can usher it. That, that will, now we are in control of when Jesus comes back. So when Jesus says, no one knows the time of the day, and we're like, well, we're going to try, right? We're going we're gonna to make Israel a country. And, and we love Israel, but not because we're, because we're, we're ushering in their judgment, or because their existence allows Jesus to return and send them to hell. It's, and it's a, it, to me, it's a very weird thing to make Israel prop for that. But that's, well, especially, and this is a covenantal view, but especially when you look at Romans nine, ten, and eleven, which make it clear that being part of Israel right. is a right. spiritual thing, not an ethnic thing. Um, so, so, what do you do with the hundred forty-four thousand? This came up in group. So, the hundred forty-four thousand people return. And you and I may disagree a little bit on this. Did someone hit the table? You don't want me to talk about this. Oh, that was you. Okay. Yeah. I thought maybe she hit was like no. 
Stop talking. Okay, go ahead. What, what do you... No. Yeah, no, I think... Um, so I, I do hold to some futurist interpretations yeah, of Revelation. So that was where you and I would probably disagree. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I hold to what's called an idealist hermeneutic, mm-hmm. um, which I love because I about it, this in group. it shows a little bit of the pattern is going to be repetitive from the first century and on. And so I think I think it is a hat tip to a, a great coming back of, of ethnic Jews. Yeah. Um, I don't think the number has to be exactly that number. So I, can, I, can we just talk about our, our slight differences just to show there can be disparity in this yeah, topic? Yeah, I think that would be healthy. So so I would say the 144,000, which represents the fullness of the 12 tribes of Israel, 12,000 from each tribe, were the is a symbolic number of a, a, full, a bunch of Jews returning to Jesus, right, uh, coming to faith, which I think happened in the early church because the early church after Jesus' crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, was they were all Jewish. Um, and so I would say that that, that was there was a, a revival, so to speak, uh, right. in that. Now, and my view would be that that would that would happen in the future. It happened then, and it will repeat itself. It will happen, yeah, in the future, and maybe even in a greater way in the future than yeah. it happened in the first century. So, so. You, you you would also say the kingdom is to come. Yep. I would say the kingdom of God is now. Right. Right. So um, an amillennial, a millennial, a millennial. Uh, you would say that uh, that it's here, but not fully seen yet. Yeah, what I would call already not yet. Yeah. Like Jesus is triumphant, he's reigning from heaven, but he will reign physically on earth, yeah. um, which is yet to come. Yeah, okay. So what, there's probably some other differences too, but I think those, I think it's, so what, I, I point that out to say like, if you disagree with me, well, him and I disagree with each other and A is, a, it, we're all okay. Like it's not the end of the world. You know, nothing's <laughs> it. <laughs> or is it? That was good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's the end of the world as we know. You, uh, you had a trend. You've sung a lot recently on the podcast. Nothing wrong the, with that. What's that? Nothing wrong with that. No, not have at you, all. Have he's been a, cutting the mountain. He's making a, like a, a CD. Yeah. yeah, you should be getting the copyrights of these songs. <laughs> Cause come karaoke time, and we'll be hitting it. Um, no, I'm. You know, I'm really glad that you guys actually. I was getting upset because you were jumping the gun on a question that I was getting ready to ask. But um, I'm, I appreciate what you said. You know, you both see uh, have different views of this, and it's 100 mm-hmm. percent okay. Yeah. Um, something that you said in your sermon yesterday, Will, was that you know we probably shouldn't focus so much on things that we truly don't know mm-hmm. the truth about, and worry about what we can very clearly read and see and know in scripture yeah amen and, and i love how we mentioned uh and i think it continues but like what be like be vigilant mm-hmm. uh st- yeah you know, be, be on oh guard. i love the three points right? like, yeah th- like that and, and he continues right it's like yeah. be, stay awake stay don't awake be, stay don't awake. be led astray don't be alarm, yeah. it, don't be alarmed be alert have your eyes open i mean yeah. it, it's but it's, it's funny because it's not it's not it's it's stay to the task i've given you you don't have to like yeah. remember what the gospel is. Don't be deceived. Keep laboring yeah. for the kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. Rather than than worry, worry, worry. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so one of the questions, you know, we were kind of talking a while ago. Um, you brought up the mark of the beast earlier, I believe, Jeremy. Oh yeah. Um, so there have you know the mark of the beast is monster energy drinks. This the, might be something. The is, little cloth that's six six six. This might be something Hebrew. we slightly disagree on. I, I'm still fleshing this out a little bit, so I'm okay, curious. Well, what you let think. me ask the question yeah. first, and then Sorry. you can disagree. <laughs> um, so recently on social media, uh, specifically, um, people have been talking about the COVID vaccine. Oh yeah. And they've been. That's um, definitely the mark of the beast. You know, somebody said. Oh, we agree then. Somebody said, "Is yeah. the vaccine the mark of the beast?" I've read on Facebook that it is. So I'm going to let you guys kind of just... Um, no. That's my answer. Yeah. The vaccine is not the mark of the beast. Yeah, it is not. Yeah. Um, so 
Number one. It might be helpful to, how can I know that the vaccine is not the mark of the beast? Well, logically, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but anyway, if they wouldn't have put something in a vaccine, they could put it in the one that everyone gets. Here's what I can say. Here's what I can say about <laughs> the mark. That they have to get. Okay, let's try and figure out where the best place to start this conversation is. So, Jeremy would hold to a view that the mark of the beast already happened and it won't happen again. Right? First century, you believe? I would okay. So I, so I yes, yes, but <laughs> but I do think it's something ongoing, possibly. We'll, we'll get there. Wow, that is oh unclear. Okay, I know it's very unclear. I told you I'm so fleshing this. Yeah, out. yeah. This so is, this is a new I think thing for yeah, me. I think the mark of the beast had fulfillment, had prophetic fulfillment in the first century, um, and I think holding to an idealist hermeneutic that there will be a a greater mark of the beast that that may come in the future although i can't be certain of that because i just don't think we can be dogmatic about it but here's what i do know about the mark that um, revelation describes people who take the mark as being damned as being lost um they're not a part of god's kingdom and if you refer back to that last episode that we sang on i also believe you can't lose your salvation and so if, if you if you believe you can lose your salvation, go back and listen to that and then come back to this episode. But if you can't lose your salvation, and if taking the mark of the beast means you're damned and going to hell, then that means, just logically and reasonably, that a Christian cannot, by mistake or accidentally, take the mark of the beast. It's not something that, that's even possible for a Christian to do. Um, and so we, we're not going to get to heaven and I've like served Jesus my whole life, and he'll be like, ah, that vaccine, that was the mark of the beast. That was a trick, and you took it. And so I'm sorry, Will, I can't yeah. let you in. Um, it's just logically incoherent with the rest of Scripture. So the mark will never be something that like a Christian can, by mistake, take. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, yeah. That, so it's a logical argument rather than an evidential argument, but I so, think it still stands. So I— so you say that it, it could have been something in the past, like a hint of it, that will come to more full in the future. Yeah. Okay. That's the idealist position, right? Yeah, so, that's what I would say. So I think – so there's – this one is, is a little difficult because I think that uh, a lot of early church believed it was it was Nero, and there's reasons why. I won't get into it, but it has to do with um, number – it has to do with like the name of his numbers and – anyways, whatever – each had six letters uh, that was a symbolic meaning. Some look at it as a, like a receipt, and this is more like you can't buy things without it. Mm-hmm. There was a receipt given, and if you didn't sacrifice to the Roman gods uh, and you didn't have this receipt, then you were killed. And so there were some who would sacrifice. Uh, they would make uh, – Now I think this is probably maybe maybe early church uh, having a COVID right. moment, you know, right. where the, you had to have this receipt to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm – uh, you know, I, I'm I'm true to the Roman. And gods. so I would tend to say that was the the initial fulfillment yeah. of the mark of the beast prophecy. So I, I think what I find interesting, and I've, and this is somewhat of a newer idea that I've read that I really like in some ways, because I agree with the more historic approach, right? But I do think it's interesting when you read Deuteronomy six four through nine and throughout in multiple places in Scripture, this idea of keeping the word ever before you, mm-hmm. um, it put it on your eyelids, mm-hmm. write it on your you know write write it on your your hands right everywhere, right? And there's this idea that you're following the word. And when you hear the antithesis of that, it sounds very much like the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. This idea of they're going to put on their forehead, very much like the Christian does with scripture. Right. They're going to put on your hands, very much like the Christian does with scripture. Right. But they're going to be following two different things. Um, it's ever going to be before them, the way of the world. And so I thought I, I thought that was a really interesting, and I haven't, I haven't affirmed that completely in my head, but like it, 
there, I think there's something there to it. But I'm totally fine with the mark being symbolic. Uh, sure. Elsewhere right. in Revelation, Christians are said to have the mark of Christ. No one's like looking for a Jesus tattoo that we get on our foreheads Listen, th- as Christians. I, oh my gosh, I think that's such a times. wonderful point. Like, what is the mark of Christ? Right. It, it, to me, it's. It, I mean, it, it, what, it, what? Everyone takes that symbolically, but then when we yeah. get to the mark of the beast, it's got to be some microchip. But, but if you're going to take it literal, I'm fine with people fish. taking it literal. But if you're going to take it literal, it's got to be a mark. So it can't w- be a microchip. W- would it's some, some say kind the mark of Christ is baptism? No, it's the I, Jesus fish. Didn't you hear me? The Jesus fish. Yeah, the ichthus. <laughs> on the so, back of your car. So yeah, that's this, how, when the rapture happens, that's how they know. I got to yeah. get me a so, fish. I mean, to me, the, the mark of the believer is the one who loves the Lord, their God, with their all their heart, mind, body, strength. So I've not seen Left Behind, but it, when Nicolas yeah, Cage when Nicolas Cage is left behind, is he just like looking watched. at cars? I watched and he's the like, Kurt Cameron. All ones. these cars with Jesus fishes are wrecked. <laughs> That's how he knows. Jeremy, I heard uh, you said marked. Um, and I, there used to be a podcast that I listened to a few years ago, and it was called Marked. And it was talking about how um, the word marked wasn't like a stamp, like yeah. what we think, um, mm-hmm. you know, like we think about the mark of the beast. But it's about how our lives are changed. And I think you were probably leading with something a while ago. Yeah, like, that, yes, you know, our lives will be marked. Right. In the by same way, the, by yeah. the works that we do, and how we love, and how we right. treat others, and like like how we, we would describe your Jesus. qualities, like yeah. Heather is marked by her yeah. disdain for us, yeah. and I mean, annoyance think, by us. Exactly. Think of think of the way that the Holy Spirit's described as like a seal, right? You yeah. are sealed. Yeah. You're, that's, it, there is a description of that you are or you have the Holy Spirit's imprinted Himself on you forever on your heart, and that it has yeah. changed you utterly. So no, I, I so I think there's I think there's something to that again. That's to be so. There's merit in both of those views, but I think what every Christian ought to understand um, is that you cannot accidentally get the mark of the beast. Yeah. So stop yeah, worrying yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I mean, your, your salvation is secure about. in Christ. Yeah. You can't you can't accidentally get the mark. So don't worry yeah. about it. Okay. So um, uh, so we do have two other questions. We're gonna um. What are they? Lightning round. We're running out of time. Uh, I think we've we're about out of time. We've got um, we've got a, two that we're going to use for mailbag questions okay. um, at a later time. But uh, next week we'll kind of do like a half um, half podcast on all millennial, pre millennial, and post millennial because Jeremy didn't really get to unpack that. Um, yeah, we can unpack those more fully. Yeah, I think we should try to do that there, next yeah, week. Yeah, so um, pr- to preview next week, there are three main camps, and we'll describe each of those and define them. We'll also discuss if it's a millennial, all millennial, or Ah, millennial. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there was a lot of good discussion earlier about it. So um, that's how next week's podcast will start off, I'm sure. And um, then we have some, we, we have two other uh, questions that were submitted, and we'll cover those next week. And then um, also, um, we had a few other, um, we'll have like a another half topic next week too. So next week will kind of be like uh, to wrap up eschatology, uh, but also like mailbag and uh, other topics. So Yeah, um, and, and I would just say to the listeners, uh, please study this. Um, take some time to study on your own. Um, if you're just unsure about resources or things like that, um, just hit us up. Uh, just holler at us, and, and we could definitely recommend some resources and some things you could read or listen to or study further, and we would love to help you in this area if you're interested. For sure. Yeah, and uh, guys, I can't um, – I can't uh, – Speak. You just can't. Um, yeah. I'm reading yeah. a message. No, I can't say enough what a good uh, sermon yesterday's sermon was, and the sermon topic, oh, and you. it's already up. Um, it's you, called Heather. Jesus gives ominous warnings about Jerusalem. Mark 13 1 through 23. Uh, Will did a really good job. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you are not a member of our church and you're a listener, because I know we do have like 
two listeners um, yeah. who don't go to our church to yeah. listen. Um, the that <laughs> the only two. <laughs> the yeah. only two. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. <laughs> the sermon is up on our app, um, and it was really good. I mean, I would definitely want to challenge you if you didn't hear it. And if you are a member of our church, for sure, go back, because it's one that you don't want to miss. It's going to tie into next week's sermon as we finish out Mark chapter 13. Um, if you have any other questions, submit them through the podcast. If you have questions about what we covered today, uh, go ahead and, and submit those as well, and we will um, we will wrap up our eschatology podcast next week. So um, thanks for listening. Thanks for submitting your questions to us. Um, hope you have a good week. Come back next week to wrap up eschatology. Bye, folks. Bye, folks.